Hello again. Hi. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, this is a fun episode to start with because we just got done doing something. <gasps> we did. What did we, we just get back from? We just got back from the Kansas City Film Festival. Woo-hoo. Thoughts, observations, comments, concerns. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Very cool. I feel like you got a real good, well-rounded view of Kansas City this time around. Yeah. A, yeah. a real view of Missouri. Yeah. He saw a lot. Yeah. I feel like uh, the one overriding comment we can make about going to a film festival is that it is really fucking tiring. Yeah. It didn't didn't help that I got sick in the middle of it. What'd you get sick from? Well, remains to be seen. The leading theories are a combination of an you- allergy to dogs, <laughs> which will make me suicidal. <laughs> You have that it dog can't in be you. real. I can't be it allergic to myself. In the podcast, you do have that dog in you. Exactly. <laughs> I do have that dog in me, and as a result, I cannot be allergic to them. I think that it's dog feels... hair specifically. It's it's just it's like yeah, because you can be around dogs, obviously, but it's just dogs that shed a lot, like a husky. Yeah. Yeah. But she's the sweetest little angel baby. I think that also. So I can't be allergic to her. I feel like we've done similar sprint trips in Kansas city to the film festival. But I think what made this time worse in terms of energy, I'm not going to lie. I was fucking exhausted the entire time. Yeah. I do. I think for you, it was probably the dog thing. Cause you did. Get I think s- it was the dog thing. I think yeah. it was, I was working also while we were there. So yeah, there was a lot going on. We never had downtime. No. That last day we kind of did, but not. We weren't supposed to, but then we <laughs> cleared our schedule. We were like, eh, it's just, yeah, we got to rest. It was good to, obviously great to meet people. We saw some really good films. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw a really crazy film. I'm not afraid of Kansas City, Kansas. I'm not afraid of Kansas City, Kansas. That is the new quote for this podcast. It's going to, we need to make it, a, I'll probably make it a sound bite and we can start using that. I would love. I we create a I don't sound really board even, and it's just Yeah. I'm not afraid of Kansas, Kansas City, City Kansas. Kansas. I don't really want to provide context for why we're saying that. Well, I would I would happily provide context. The you just you can't have it. Like the the film that we're referencing a film that we saw and the film that we're referencing doesn't have distribution in the US yet. So But they do in Japan. They're it seems like they're going to in Japan. So everybody take a trip out to Japan. <laughs> And go watch. Kick it's called me. "Kick Me" yeah. by G Huggins. Uh, his name is Who's Gary. Super cool. He's the coolest guy. Yeah, he was great. We saw this trailer to this movie, and if you like midnight movies, cult movies, just really fucking gonzo, crazy, like film, nightmare films. Yes. Yeah. Like after hours on like an acid trip is what it felt yeah. like. Yeah. But more gory, and it was fun. It it was just. Maybe we can put the trailer on the show notes. We saw this trailer, and it was the it is probably the craziest thing I've seen in the last ten years of a movie come out. It's got to be up there. I mean, it's so fucking gonzo nutso. But the main guy, Santiago Vasquez, 
the who that's his real name. He's playing this character, and just the trailer starts off, and it's like choral chanting, and he's just going, "I am not afraid of Kansas City, Kansas. I'm not afraid of Kansas City, Kansas." It's the funniest. It's great. I can't do a Venezuelan accent, obviously, no. but he's just like yelling it at this kid. Anyways, I love Kiki. KCK. KCK, baby. KCK. Um, Yeah, it was great. It was super fun. I really hope it finds distribution in the US because I think it would have a really strong life as like a cult film. I think so too. I think... All of our friends would go see it for sure. It's not necessarily like a wide release, but the people it would play to that like those type of things would... I mean, it won an award. Didn't it? It won... Did it win Best Narrative Feature? It won one of the bigger awards. Or no, no, it won uh, Best Performance. Santiago won yeah, Best Performance. Yeah, he won Best Performance. Yeah. Because it is a crazy freaking performance. Well, half the time, he's butt-ass naked in a jock strap, covered in blood. He's like running around fighting people. Barefoot. You and, dude, we were so, and we were, this was like the second movie of the day. All day, we were running around. We were shooting, I don't know if it's the same day, all the days have blurred together, but we were shooting content for Fountains, and then we were going to the festival, and obviously we were meeting a bunch of people we didn't know, and we'd just seen another movie, and we had got tickets switcherooed, and we thought we were in another theater, and we weren't, so we were all everywhere all at once. Oh, and um, God, I just, we were so tired. I feel like that, I feel honestly being really tired and loopy makes that movie better they oh i have my bag somewhere oh jankum my jankum bag that was wild too maybe we'll put a we'll put a picture of it on instagram um yeah it was it's just really fun and i really hope it does find a home in the u.s even if it's like just a streamer i i would like to be able to watch it again and gary's so sweet gary's the shit yeah he's great love that guy i'm i i have a feeling this is gonna end up being like a big thing for him because he's he's been around. He's not new. But I think we might see him do something bigger after His this. His first shorts ever went, went to, to Sundance. Sundance. Yeah. It's I nuts. I love that. That's nuts. I keep telling stories about them, but I want to say they should have that for their press junket, not me <laughs> paying that out there. But Fountains went great. And today we're watching a movie uh, very similar to The City of Dried Fountains. I was going to say, I don't actually think we've we've mentioned what film we were at Kansas City Film Festival with. Um, oh, yeah. Our movie. I don't think we've ever talked about it on the podcast. The film festival or the movie? For the movie. I don't think we've ever mentioned Fountains on Brewies. Yeah, we have. I don't think so. We've had to. No. This is like the 31st or so episode. We haven't yeah, mentioned just about. it. I don't think we have. Blake, what movie did we go to Kansas City Film Festival the with? The City of Dry Fountains. And what's that about? It's a World War II epic set in Belarus. What is modern Belarus? Starring um, a young Russian boy. That we pucked off the street? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's a documentary. <laughs> Plug the goddamn movie. We made this documentary about Kansas City coming out of COVID. And it's about, it's a collection of all these diverse interviews, people that are in business, arts, people that are in healthcare, people that are retired, people that are students, all these different people, all from Kansas City, talking about how we got out of COVID. And the main interview is uh, my grandma talking about the loss she faced right before the pandemic started and having to deal with that grieving Nella Moore, baby. You over here smiling. What are you smiling about? I was thinking about Nella. Yeah, she's great. Like, Grandma's the sweetest the, person on earth. The movie is about 
really about my grandma who is like five foot two, 95 pounds soaking wet, full Go. of spunk. Wait, no, cut that out. Full. <laughs> God. Go watch the promo materials if you want to see like truly how short she is. Because Blake is a tall person, but you're not yeah. like wicked tall or anything. You're just kind of like an averagely tall person. Yeah. And she makes you look like you're a giant. I look like the fucking rock next to yeah. her. You yeah. look like solidly like six, seven or something. next to her. She's tiny. Yeah. But funny as hell. Yeah, we put her in a couple of... Uh, couple pieces of content and mm-hmm. you really like the acting chops i'm had. always impressed by nella always yeah. she's she's got great comedic timing we're gonna run out of battery on this thing oh we are yep i thought we had more time we don't so be right back no 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 well let's just wrap it okay city of dried fountains comes out is actually out by the time you're listening to this yeah so go watch it on youtube out april 16th it's gonna be on youtube vimeo uh beta tape vhs 16 millimeter film rolls and laser disc oh my god i forgot we got the laser disc deal that's right yeah that's cool we're bringing back laser disc somebody's got to do it it's time yeah what are we watching today today very similar to fountains yeah for sure we're watching spellbound yeah uh which is a noir thriller starring gregory peck where we say goodbye to Gregory Peck. This is the end of the Gregory Peck run and beginning of One of the, the best actresses ever, baby. Uh, Ingrid Bergman run. I'm very excited. So naturally, this movie stars Gregory Peck and Ingrid Bergman. There we um, go. Little synopsis for you. Came out in 1945. So middle of the Hayes Code, baby. Uh, it's a Hitchcock movie. And... It's about a psychiatrist who protects the identity of an amnesia patient accused of murder while attempting to recover mm-hmm. while attempting to recover his memory. Exciting. Very exciting. What we drink. Also, super young Gregory Peck, who's very attractive in this. So mm. I'm excited. Mama likes young Gregory Peck. A nice little thirst watch, and it's a good movie. So <laughs> you know, uh, and we're drinking a Spellbound. Oh, it's actually called Spellbound. It's a cocktail of the same name. No shit. It's vodka, blue curacao, triple sec, grenadine. It's it's a lot of sugar. Oh. But it's very pretty. It's a nice purple color. Yeah. All right. Should we go do it? Let's get to it. All right. Here we go. Roll the tape. Bye. Three, two, one, two. one. Yeah. I'm surprised you gave her two. Oh, thirst watch. They're both very pretty. So it's a one for the movie, but an extra star for the thirst watch. Yeah. 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 This is um, a little rough. Yeah. It just kind of doesn't go anywhere. Truly one of those movies that kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Like you, you get the basic concept of it in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. And then it just doesn't really go anywhere else. Yeah. And no amount of drinks really helped that. It just. No. I liked it when it started. Yeah. I always it find. It starts m- off strong. Yeah. And I think movies that have 
some of the best stars their generation, the best direction of the generation, like a really good premise. It's interesting when they just, they're shit. Yeah. And this was kind of shit. It was kind of not good. And I feel like, I mean, this is, this is obviously still early in mm-hmm. Hitchcock's career, but he's not new by any means. Like he's already done Foreign Correspondent and Rebecca and a couple of the like more well-known movies. Yeah. Or, you know, he he hasn't hit his heyday yet. Yeah. But he'd, he'd been around the block. So it's a little surprising that it was this narratively uninteresting. Usually it starts off like any Hitchcock movie. It's like, you know, he's really interested in the analysis sections of his characters. He's really interested in um, the kind of weird... Hitchcock's Hitchcock's very into like weird behavioral shit. Yeah. And it starts off kind of strong, but usually where the good ones divert is that there's an action sequence. There's a story to kind of grab onto. There's like something that has to be accomplished. And and with this, it's just not And that was what really struck me, I think, the most mm-hmm. in like how far it diverts from what we usually expect from him. Mm-hmm. I think of Hitchcock as a very non-dialogue heavy filmmaker. All of his most iconic moments are usually wordless. Yeah. The things you remember from Psycho and Vertigo and Rope and Strangers on a Train, not usually the dialogue. Right. And this movie has no action. It's just dialogue after dialogue after dialogue. His biggest weakness. His biggest weakness is directing actors. It always is. But I don't think he wrote this, did he? Hold on, let's find out. I don't think so. No, because that's not usually his thing. I don't think he wrote anything. Yeah. Directed. No, it's written by Ben Hecht and John Palmer. Ben Hecht's the shit. No, John Palmer and Hilary St. George wrote the novel, The House of Dr. Edwards, which is what this is loosely based on. Salvador Dali also plays a part with a dream sequence. Well, dream, dream sequence. sequence. He's, That's yeah. what they refer to it as, but it's not. I mean, that was cool. You get to see Dali and yeah. Hitchcock. I mean, the guy that wrote this. Okay, going. this is written by Ben Hecht. which I'm sure some of you might recognize that name, but if you don't, he wrote Notorious, which is another really well-known Hitchcock noir from, I think, a year after this, uh, Angels Over Broadway, and the original Scarface. Like, he One of the best writers of that age. This was just so... It it hit the same beat over and over and over again, and it didn't go anywhere. Well, the payoff's not satisfying either. He accidentally killed his brother sliding down like a stoop. Yeah. And impaled And he him didn't on, like, kill the offense. guy that everybody thought he killed. Yeah. And the entire movie, like you said, it's just the same scene. Did over I kill him? Again. Oh my God, lines freak me out. Holy shit, the color white. Oh my God. Which I don't get how the color white played into him killing his brother. So th- this is the other thing. is It's not... Once you get to like what actually happened, it's not really clear 
You have all this dialogue of Ingrid Bergman defending him and being like, he's innocent. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the actual crux of what's going on and it like is glossed over. It's supplemented with those dolly surrealist moments. So you don't really understand what's going on. Yeah. But basically, to save you the watch if you haven't already watched it. Um, it's on YouTube. It is free. on YouTube. Yeah. So you don't have to pay to watch it or have a streaming service. You just log into YouTube good old YouTube.com. Um, but the, the crux of it is... Gregory Hitchcock's character was on a skiing trip and met this Dr. Edwards Mm -hmm. who was supposed to take over running the mental hospital that Ingrid Bergman characters worked at after the guy that was running it that we see throughout the whole movie kind of had a nervous breakdown and was asked to step down. Yeah. They went on Gregory Peck and dr edwards went on a skiing trip together and on that skiing trip gregory peck watched dr edwards fall off a cliff like (laughs) ski off a cliff and that's what caused this mental break in him where he was like i am dr edwards now and he's like trying to protect himself mentally from the fact that he killed him and so he goes and lives Dr. Edwards' life and shows up at the hospital and everybody's like, you're not Dr. Edwards. The point being, he did not kill Dr. Edwards and Dr. Edwards did not die falling off a cliff from skiing. He was shot by the current director of the hospital who was being asked to step down. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the whole thing. The entire movie is just scene after scene. Did I kill this guy or not? And literally in the last eight minutes, it actually wraps up everything. You know what I think about all the time now that I watch, like I was telling you before we did this, I've seen, I've seen the majority of Hitchcock movies. I've seen all of his famous ones. Yeah. He's probably the director with the filmography I have the most complete. I mean, I have other directors filmography that i've watched all their filmography but it's like once i've made 10 or 15 movies which really in the grand scheme of things if you're watching a lot of movies it's not you know that's kind of small Mm -hmm. but there was this thing that tarantino just wrote this book called cinema speculation so he's going on this book tour and obviously if you have quentin tarantino on a podcast you're going to get some hot takes but he said this thing Mm -hmm. that i found really interesting uh, he was talking about Hitchcock with somebody and he was like, it's hard for me to watch Hitchcock movies or something, blah, blah, blah. Cause I feel like he was so held back by the Hayes code. Cause he, you could, you could feel him you, when you get weird and freaky yeah. and do some fucked up stuff, but he couldn't. This movie gives big sisters vibe. Yeah. Calling it all the way back to the beginning of this podcast. Good old Brian De Palma. Yeah. I feel like if Hitchcock had been unrestrained by the Hayes Code, it mm. would have gone way more the like the route of sisters. I think he would have done more perverted stuff. Probably. Not necessarily like bloody. He's got a really perverted sense of humor, I feel like. Even like, sorry. Sorry, sorry. This was a best picture Oscar nominee. A fucking course it was. I... Of course it was. Interesting. I mean, 
Of course it was. That makes sense to me. I can totally see them doing that. I don't. I don't agree with it. Yeah, I just don't. A lot of people do like this movie, which is funny. I was looking on Letterboxd. I have my phone on me. I don't know, man. I, I don't we're know. recording with it, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would help. I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it feels a lot like a shittier version version of Suspicion. Yeah. Or Notorious. Is, is Notorious the one with Ingrid and Carrie? Or yes. Or is that Suspicion? That's Notorious. And Notorious was the year after this. It feels a lot Suspicion like was Cary Grant and Joan Fontaine. Right. And that was before this. It feels a lot like Notorious. Notorious is a good fucking movie. You know, and I still, you know what's funny is I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen Rebecca. Um, Have you seen Rebecca? I I did. I saw, watched it many years ago. Mm-hmm. I mostly just remember like bits and clips of it, but I always think of the remake that they made like a year ago with or two years ago yeah <laughs> so bad um i actually never saw that movie i'm not saying that that particular movie was bad just like army hammer it's rough sweet innocent boy no that I, is not the stance of this what's podcast what's your favorite alfred hitchcock movie <laughs> um I don't know. I remember Strangers on a Train was really that one smacks. I that mean, I mean, so obviously, good. it's it's one of his more well known ones, and yeah. for good reason. That movie does smack, and it like I just remember it changed a lot about the way that I think about thrillers. Really? Yeah. Do tell. Mm, I don't know. Fun fact: these spellbounds do kind of hit. I don't think Blake's feeling it the way you I'm feeling a it. Spellbound. But I'm, I am. Do you like Hitchcock? Yeah. I've yeah. always really enjoyed Hitchcock. I was I was a little bit of a Hitchcock kid. Which, you know, when you're 16 means like I've seen <laughs> Strangers on a Train Psycho. and Psycho and Vertigo. And I like talking about it in film Psycho classes. Psycho was like, on TCM the other night. And I hadn't seen, I did not watch Psycho until I was probably 21, 22. Mm-hmm. And I, and spoiler alert, I didn't know what the twist was in Psycho. You went, you got to 21, 22 and you didn't know what the twist was? No. Wow. That's kind of impressive. That fucking movie's good. That is a good movie. That's a good twist. I love that movie. I like Hitchcock. I just just didn't like this one. My God, when it's revealed and he looks so fucking crazy. He's got a knife. I was like, ah, like that. Okay. So we saw Scream 6 yesterday, which we're not going to talk about. The real Um, psycho. No, but I did think it was funny that like there's a moment in that movie where they go Psycho 2 and two characters go underrated. underrated. I don't think I've ever actually seen Psycho 2. Well, you know the thing about you know the thing about the remake, right? What re- I don't know why they call it Psycho 2. I guess to defer from the first one. No, Psycho. I think there's I think there was a remake, but I think there's also a Psycho 2 in 83. With Anthony Perkins. Yeah. Who directed it? Richard Franklin. Oh. <laughs> Written that. by Tom Holland. I thought this was the remake. But you know you know about the Gus Van Sant remake, right? 
It's it's a no. rec it's a recreation shot for oh, shot. Oh yes I do. Yeah. Yes I do. And Vince Vaughn plays Yeah. Anthony Perkins character, which I think oh, dude, let me tell you something. I think Vince Vaughn. Uh-huh. What? Why are you laughing? Nothing. I'm I'm looking at the IMDB page for it and I'm I haven't seen it. I think Vince Vaughn playing that character at that time in the nineties, fucking amazing casting. Yeah, because this is 98. Yeah. So I was a year old. Shortly after the Swingers release. <laughs> Interesting. I fucking love Gus Van Sant. Interesting. You know who, if I were to do like a a fan cast, recast, dream cast, what the fuck ever, of Psycho, you know who I'd really like to see play that character? Don't say it. I, we are for sure not thinking of the same person. Yeah, we are. No, we aren't. Say it. Rick Moranis. Like back in the 80s, Rick Moranis? Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors era, Rick Moranis <laughs> playing Norman Bates. Yeah. That's what I'd want to see. Who are you Rick thinking Moranis. of? Rick yeah. Moranis. I thought you were going to say Jacob Bellordi. No, why would I ever say that? <laughs> I was a little violent. You're obsessed okay. with him. Yeah, that's uh -huh. off the subject, but yes, yeah. I am. No, if I were to pick an actor today, you know who I'd really want to see? Mm. Logan Lerman. I feel like mm. that man has a little bit of an unhinged side to him that I'd like to see more of, thanks. Yeah, it sucks that he's going to get more roles. He's out here doing stuff. It's just not... Does he doing a lot of TV. What's he doing? I mean, he just did Hunters season two. That's the last season, right? Yeah. That's a fucking bitch. It yeah. Sucks. They ended it well, though. Oh, well, that's good. They ended it the way it needed to be ended. He's doing stuff. I mean, he was also in Bullet Train. A little cameo moment. Yeah. Dylan O'Brien would be good as Norman Bates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Dylan O'Brien would be really good. Uh, he definitely has it in him. Um, Logan Lerman has something in pre-production called College Republicans. Love that. <laughs> love that. Love to know what that's about. You know that shit's going to be great. Dream remake. Well, you know, speak, it's funny. This is still on topic. They're mm -hmm. doing Vertigo remake. No, I don't want to talk about it. Well, there's the show, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. I'm so irritated. Right behind you. Yes, there is. I'm so irritated. Yeah, get it off your chest. Let's talk about Why? it. Why? This is called therapy. What is the reason? Isn't that the one that Robert Downey Jr. is doing too? Money. And he's like, I'm producing it and I also am going to star in it. Is he producing it? I don't yeah. know if he's going to. He and his wife are producing it, I'm pretty sure. I don't know why. If he's like that character does not feel RDJ-esque. No, not at all. And also, we've talked about this before, but mm -hmm. I'm just going to reiterate it again. Stop yeah. remaking good movies. Yeah. Stop it. You have nothing else to add here. Remake a terrible movie that nobody remembers and make it good. IP, baby. We are in the era of IP. I'm not going to see it. I have mm. no interest in watching that. I don't even really want to watch Vertigo anymore. 
I just re well, as you know, I just rewatched yeah. Vertigo and I'm still not. I enjoy that movie. I think it's a really well done movie. I've seen it enough. I don't need to see it anymore. We had to watch it enough for class. Oh I've seen it enough God. on my own. It's a long one. It's Welcome good, to film school in done. San Francisco. Yeah. Let's I just mean, watch Vertigo for 365 days a year. Truly. <laughs> we watched That's it a so lot. Crunchy. We like at we least three times yeah. in class. Well, everybody says it's the best movie ever. It's always at the top of the list. My ass. <laughs> Get the you fuck out. You are not a fan. It's not. That is such a ridiculous claim to say that Vertigo is one of the, not one of the, it is the best movie of all time. That is, I will argue with anybody. I'll just keep arguing with them. I, you argumentative? DM me. You are one to talk. <laughs> Don't even. Yeah, I, I... Come on. The best movie ever. It's a good movie. I... It's fine. I mean, it's not... Yeah, we, I'm not going to argue against its merits. It's a good movie. Mm. I understand why it's at the top of these lists. I don't... I just... I think we've talked about this before as well. I think lists are a little silly. You know? They're highly subjective. Yeah. I don't really They're put fun, a lot of stock in them. but I think them. people... Yeah. T- they... People put too much merit yeah. into them. But I think Vertigo's a fine movie. I don't know what the fuck else we need to see. What What are you going to do in a remake that's going to add anything to it? Well, the thing about Vertigo, too, is that it's just like he's following her and he watches her. He's following her and he watches her. He's following her. They talk for a little bit and then he watches her. Mm-hmm. That's a Vertigo. Yeah. And then she fucking falls off the tower. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's it's, it's just not. No, it's, I get the point it's trying to make. Regardless, it's not which like it's. I think it does make well, but here's my my beef. How do you modernize that? Everybody's on TikTok. <laughs> but but at that point, you're making a completely different movie. Just make a stalker movie. Yeah. Just make a new one. Mm. So if you're going to remake it, then you have to keep it as a period piece mm-hmm. because otherwise it doesn't really work. <laughs> so then what? You're just doing a shot for shot remake. You're Gus Van Santing it. Like why? Why? What's the point? You're going to spend how many hundreds of millions of dollars on this and for what? People need to make more Barbie movies. I think Greta Gerwig Amen. It right. That's what's going to save you know cinema. What? love Greta Gerwig very excited for the live action Barbie movie I want bring back the 2D animation Barbie movies they were doing <laughs> something with those there is there is cinema in there isn't that the one that Barbie and the Nutcracker get the fuck out of here that's a masterpiece Liberty Likes Rapunzel a great movie iconic all these girls our age love those Barbie movies yeah babes I didn't know you were a that's fan that's true cinema I didn't know you were a fan of them <laughs> fuck all this black and white movie shit give me the 2d animation barbie movies you like those movies that much i do enjoy those movies a lot yeah i didn't know you did you watch them when you were a little girl oh yeah for sure like a lot yeah yep i cannot imagine (sighs) you playing with barbies when you were a kid i feel like you would have been doing something like play-doh or i was doing all of it play-doh dentist Remember the Play-Doh Dentist Kit? What is Play-Doh Dentist Kit? Oh, my God. Pull it up. 
my homies at home know the play-doh dentist everybody buy kit. the play-doh dentist kit kit with our discount code blake and kate in the show notes here oh and God. this this ugly looking bitch bald as hell and you opened him up and there was just gums and you could shove play-doh in there and then it would turn into a, like the mold of a tooth when you closed his head and opened it back up you could feed the tongue through the back yet i don't remember what these did but they served a purpose came with all of these tools this was a thing yeah baby i loved it you used to play with this all the time yeah I don't ever think I actually owned it. My friend had it and I was always over there. Oh my God, I should buy this for you for your birthday. Like reconnecting with your inner uh, child. They, they, they remade it for the modern age, which, okay, fair. But like the new guy has a hair. mustache and nose and hair. Like the whole point was that he was just this weird little bald looking dude. You want the little bald boy? Yeah, bring back <laughs> my egghead man. I want to give him some cavities. <laughs> He's drinking too much Coke Zero. God damn it. <laughs> Get the crown going. <sighs> Spellbound. What a movie. What a movie indeed. We Not did watch it. We did get drunk. Getting I don't really end, have anything else to say. Those last 30 minutes were fucking excruciating. They were brutal. I I mean, really, and I, I can't stress this enough, hitting the same beat over, over and, and over, over again. And, and over again. Like, this was just a marching band movie. It didn't even feel like a Hitchcock movie. No. At a certain point, I was like... Not until you get to the very end and he starts doing some funky camera work with the gun. And then you're like, oh, okay, this is a Hitchcock movie. Yeah. Up until then, I was like, I I don't... This could have been anybody. You could have shown me this and been like, this was by... Well, you're like, he's just doing Joe the same Schmo. scenes. Yeah. He's just doing the same scenes. It had... And the fucking ski thing. We could not make sense of whether that... And we were watching the film. We could not make sense if that was real, fake. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know how they... Was it how a the, dream sequence? How the Why fuck did they skiing? get there? I, the rear projection was like... It was bad. Oh, they're skiing. Oh, my God. And the fucking screen is going everywhere. It was a little rough. Yeah. I almost got, no pun intended, vertigo myself watching that fucking thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was a little rough. It was a little rough. I'm not sure I could recommend this one. I think this But it film, is free, so. I think this film, in conclusion, is Afraid of Kansas City, Kansas. I think this film is Afraid of Kansas City, Kansas. I think this is a new thing. I would agree. I think Gregory Peck is beautiful, and Ingrid Bergman is beautiful in this movie. And I do think that they, like, for what they're given, they mm -hmm. do a decent job with it. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not really surprised that this movie was nominated for Best Picture and neither of them were nominated for Best Lead Performance. Like, they just weren't really given anything interesting to do. I want to go recommend a movie theater. Can we go do that? I'm tired of talking about this movie. Sorry. Yeah, brother. What theater are we recommending? I don't remember who went last, so we're just going to say it's your turn. <laughs> And for today's theater recommendation, if you're a film fan, you probably already know about this movie theater. Um, but if you're not and you're a little bit new, the New Beverly, which is located right around La Brea in Los Angeles. Um, 
New Beverly, you probably know, is Quentin Tarantino's movie theater. It's very, very good. It's an old movie house that was obviously reconverted to modern standards, but they play a lot of 35 millimeter. Um, almost, I don't know if I'm speaking out of pocket here. I think almost exclusively, exclusively 35 millimeter. A lot of film prints from Tarantino's film collection himself. Really great. When we were in LA last, um, Oh, that's right. We tried to go see a silver. Ah, oh, god damn it! I don't. I'm not gonna say the right technical specification for it. But Kate and I both love the movie Seven by Fincher in the '90s, as everybody should love that movie because it's a perfect movie. And we were gonna go watch like a silver image, a silver something. Yeah, it was cut. It, yeah, silver print something. Yeah, it was really really sick, but. I should have bought tickets earlier. I didn't think it was going to sell out. It was like 2 p.m. on like a Thursday, and yet, you know, sold out regardless. But anyways, it's a great movie theater. Single screen, old school, so it's not auditorium seating, but it's more flat. I really love it. It's always a thing that I try to go out and see every time I'm in L.A. Um, You've been a couple times? I think I've been once. You've been once? Yeah. Yeah. I dragged Liberty there to go see a Clint Eastwood movie. I'm sure she loved that. The Outlaw Josie Wales. God. Okay. I was doing shit she wanted to do. She was fine. She didn't yeah, care. she'll live. It was, it's a lot of fun. Good, good popcorn. A good compacted, you like walk in the door, there's maybe 10 feet. It's kind of like the Little Roxy. It's yeah. Like there's maybe 10 feet of space between you and the concessions. And then everything's crammed in there and you walk past that and you're in the theater and that's it's it. It's a real like old school one screen. It's a very screen. old school. Yeah. I the marquee it. sign is bitching. Mm-hmm. I really love it. I would also like to plug that they at the day that we are recording this, they are showing The Last Unicorn, which is so based. So based. That is based. I loved that movie as a child and I would have absolutely paid to go see it in theaters. That is based. Never ending story in the last unicorn. Stay based. Yeah, based. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we get out of here? Yeah, let's go. All right. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Brewies. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, feel free to argue with us in the comments of our social media on Instagram at Brewies underscore show. And next week we're watching Gaslight.